Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Posting and Toasting Show. I'm Drew, Schwinn's here. What up, Schwinn? What up, what up, what up, what up? And on today's, um, I would say, second crossover event of the century, <laughs> we have on two very special guests with us, and it is Jonathan Macri and Jeremy Cohn of Nick's Film School. What up, guys? Uh, are we really special? I don't no. feel special. No, you're not. I feel kind of special. I feel special in the way that I'm sure David Fisdale feels special after tonight's <laughs> PR release. <laughs> oh, God uh, damn it. Oh, yeah. oh, God, you and your goddamn press releases. All right. So there's a lot to talk about. Is um, there? Just a little bit. There's just there's some things to talk about. Primarily, uh, David Fisdale was fired, and Schwinn and I have been calling for his firing. How many weeks now has it been? Like 69 weeks into the uh, uh, season? Hey. I don't know. That guy sucks, man. I'm can I so can I just get can I just get quick clarity as a as a reminder, Schwinn, when we what time do you remember what what part of last season we um we had a pod together? It was just me and you. Uh it's probably sometime around like the trade deadline, maybe? I think so too. And at that point you were on record as saying you thought he sucked, but not that you thought he should get fired anytime soon. I I I'm pretty sure that was how it went, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's he didn't. I mean, he just sucks, man. I, I don't really like. I guess we can just start talking about this. Let's just go into All it. Right. Yeah, like I listened to your emergency pod, and <laughs> and man, like I emergency. Gotta say, emergency. I gotta say, I, I like. I don't think it's that deep. Like he just sucks at his job. So you fire him because he's like, what was he doing well? Was he t- develop like he if. If he was winning games or getting like the team to play above, you know, what we all thought something around like 30 wins maybe this year. I Give think, or take, yeah. Safe to say. yeah. Something like that. If he was having them play at like a 40 win pace, but the young guys weren't playing a ton, then I could understand the argument for like, this is stupid. Or if he was, we were, had the same record, but like the young guys were clearly all developing and their development was central to like all of his strategies, then I would agree that, it, but like, None of that was happening. He wasn't doing any of that shit. And, like, I just don't know why. It doesn't need to be this sinister, like, fucking Machiavellian thing. It's just, <laughs> he just fucking sucks. He got fired, justifiably. Like, we all watched this team, right? We all watched yes. the 19, the 20. Well, except for Jeremy, apparently. The, yeah, the, the 22 games <laughs> that he coached this year. What did he do well this year? I can, honestly cannot think of one thing that I'm like, this thing was really good. The only fucking good thing he did was eventually start Frank Nilakina. And that's not even because he wanted that, to. He doesn't get credit for that. Right. Yeah, he doesn't get credit for that. So like that's that's my issue. And it's like like I don't I don't see this argument that like the the management doing this gets them off the hook or that they're scapegoating him. Like it still reflects poorly on them. Because they hired this fucking guy I, after it, 11 – they interviewed 11 other candidates and decided on apparently the stupidest fucking one. Um, and, like, they have to fire him a year and a quarter into a four-year contract? Is that how I made it sound? Because that wasn't my intention. I – That's definitely how it sounded. It, it, it okay, sounded well like then, that. And, and, well, and, then, and, no, then I should, <laughs> but then I, should, then I should clarify that. But keep going. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I actually don't think – like I think you kind of hinted at it, but I, that definitely wasn't like your main takeaway or anything. But like I see this take from so many people out there. Like national guys have had this. Oh, he's getting. They had like literally on Saturday. I read ten of the same exact pieces. Oh, 
Well, David Fisdale is getting scapegoated, but really, nothing is going to change right now. <laughs> and 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 it, none of this is his fault. Like, no, 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 a lot of it is his fault. Like, you don't, you're the fucking head coach of the team. You actually have a direct impact on what is happening on the floor. Save me the fucking sob story about how the roster is clunky. Like, look at the rosters around, look at a bunch of rosters around the NBA. A bunch of them suck. A bunch of them suck. You remember what did we do this summer when we looked at the at the Hornets roster? Oh man, we're gonna have the thirty first pick in the draft. That's what we all said. What are they doing? What's their coach doing? He's getting players to play above their level. He's developing players on their team. He's yeah. created a clear cut system that works on the floor. Like what the hell was Fizdale doing? There was no system. The system was ISO guys. Okay. The defense was, I mean, I can't even, it, that packing the paint shit worked for like five games maybe. And then as soon as teams literally like realized that literally we were just going to give up wide open threes, that ended real quick. Like he was an objectively awful coach. What, what, I'm not, I'm not even trying to exaggerate. He's the worst coach. The worst mix coach in my entire life. I saw you tweet that out. And he's, no, he he's really, awful. but he really he, has been. Barry Brown. Yeah, I mean, statistically Barry Brown was trying as well. to get fired. He was trying to get fired, and he had a better <laughs> fucking record than Fizzle. Like, are you kidding here? I'm sorry. I, I'll, I'm done now. But yeah, okay. Go, go. I, I do want to chime in the idea with the the clunky roster. Just for people who did watch um, Saturday's game, the Pacers do <laughs> have a clunky Jesus. roster. Wow. Right? Um, <laughs> Shots with, fired. Uh, with Miles Turner and uh, I, I don't know, is it oh, Demontis Sabonis? I don't know if I butchered his name. Whatever, but like there is some clunkiness there. But Nate McMillan is a good coach, knows how to break them apart, knows what he needs to do, and plays to their strengths, and they're winning. And they've done that now for the past couple years. So it's not like it's impossible for clunky rosters well, to if you, work. If you look at the roster that the Pacers put out there last night, my, minus Malcolm Brogdon, it it wasn't dissimilar. Um, to the roster the Knicks have been putting out um, for most of this year. Well, and they, I, would, I would say they strength-wise, like the bonus is significantly better. Oh, no, I, with, with, with that very obvious caveat that I was assuming didn't really need to be no, said. No, I just wanted to clarify for yes, everyone that no. the bonus is significantly better than The bonus is a fucking monster, and he's playing like a, an all-star this year. I'm sorry, continue. Oh, no, go ahead. That's all I wanted to say. Just the okay. idea, just like this idea of like clunky roster. Like, we just watched the team. Yeah, with the clunky roster, and they played significantly well, especially you know exceeding their expectations now for these past two seasons with uh, McMillan. I think he was there before that, but like, I think it's just a bad. It's like it's in a bad faith argument. The idea that like every roster is perfect other than the Knicks. The Pacers have talent on their roster, regard. Like, I I get what you're saying, Drew, but it's sort of it's the sort of thing where it's like if you have the fit wise, yeah, totally. But at least they have the talent to to be a decent team. I think. More like, yeah, the, the Charlotte Hornets or even going back to Lloyd Pierce's Hawks last year, Kenny Atkinson's more early season Nets. Like, it, it sucked to watch those teams if you were a fan, but at least you felt like there was progress being made. And even the second year, they, they were building upon it. And so, again, it's, yeah, totally with the with the poor roster fits 100%. But how is it that this team feels like it's going backwards when it has better pieces than it did the last year? Yeah, look, just everything was worse. Everything was worse. Our net rating was worse. Like they they had this statistic yesterday in the pregame. I was drinking, so I wasn't really like that focused on the statistics. But Ooh, there was literally a list. I should get of a like, beer for this, actually. Yeah, yeah go I, ahead, crack one open. There, there was a list of like. Hold on, eight, I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But there was a list of like eight different things 
that the Knicks rank dead last in. Like, are I? I just don't know. How, even even the people that made fun of the Knicks summer constantly, right? That just laughed at them. Ha ha ha! What the Knicks are so stupid. Most of them did not expect the Knicks to be the worst team in the league. No one like, did. God no. Like that. That's that's the point. It's it's like. And and here's the thing: if they if we were the worst team in the league because Fizz was like putting his foot down and putting the development of the kids over, you know, appeasing yeah, Randall the vets. Morris, etc. Yeah. yeah, no then, one then, no one would be upset. Then, like yesterday, I don't even think like it's not like Miller was like only running stuff for Frank and RJ, but it was like very obvious within you know that 48 minutes that like he had made some very like basic tweet it was it was night and day it yeah. was subtle but it was if you pay if you actually are stupid enough to watch every game this team plays like we are um well most of us um sorry i had i had to i had to. You, gotta, you gotta have one obligation <laughs> at one point in time it's okay it extends i had to go to a birthday party this morning it's okay. a lot right uh, I i'm sorry that i'm popular and young okay? um it what I was going to say is... <laughs> Jeremy only watches games when he has money riding on it. Um, <laughs> the changes were subtle. Not anymore. Subtle. I'm flushed out, Swin. <laughs> the changes were subtle, but if you've watched most of the games this year, you, you saw that it, it was indeed like night and day. So, yeah. I think also just one thing on Fizz that really kind of made me chuckle was last year, last time he was fired, which again, was around the same time as it was in his Knicks career in terms of games coached. There was complete outrage. And then I just want to make sure I went to LeBron's Twitter feed, Dwayne Wade's Twitter feed. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're because saving I, it for Monday morning. When it, it's but but they know. Like, they know. Okay, well, this guy, maybe he was wrongly fired the last time. But this time, he coached a team to be worse than it was with a promise of it being better. And yeah, like whatever front office promise that Dolan was delusional enough to buy into – where everyone else seems to know this was a very clearly a building year or a rebuilding year, whatever you, you want to call it. If there's belief that this team could be significantly better and the front office sold that to him. And then you've got David Fisdale doing shit that makes him the makes them really the worst team in the entire league. Then, yeah, no one's really going to come to your defense because you're sitting in last place and you should be able to coach your team better than a 44 point loss in Milwaukee, and then turn around, come home, and lose, what, 37, 36 points to the Nuggets? Both great teams, but that's coaching. That has nothing to do with the front front office. I don't even think the Nuggets are that great. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, they're obviously way better than the Knicks, and they're obviously also good, like, legitimately good. Yeah. But they're, they're come on. They're that, they're, they had lost two in a row, I believe, yeah. going, into, going into the game. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fine and dandy, but, like, you know, I, I've watched the Nuggets enough this year. Jokic is not like he's not Jokic from last year, all right? Like he's like yo he right now he's he's Jokic, he's like after, Jokic after after ago. He's like Jokic after thirty five dollars worth of Taco Bell. Okay, like I was gonna say <laughs> Carl's Jr. because there's a Carl's Jr. ad on my Twitter feed right now. That's <laughs> delicious, um, by the way. But yeah, like I mean, but like yeah, that that's that's that goes to Jeremy's point. Like, like it's one thing. Like I th- this is the I don't know how people can't like be even remotely ra- I mean I understand why they can't be remotely rational because god forbid anybody's ever r- has a rational take about the Knicks but like it's not that he, it's not that they were losing and it's not about the record okay it's really not about those things it's about 
what can you point to that Fizzo is doing that you were like, this is a, a value add? This is a value add. Like, they're playing for him? That was the one that they we, we, that they were trying to sell. Well, that was the ever. last. That was the last. So, yeah. I think... I think there, if if it was a six foot grave, there's about four or five feet worth of dirt in it now. Um, I have I I packed a straw, so I I, I could barely breathe. Um, <laughs> it's warm down here, though. I will say that it's warm down here. So let me just say, can I uh, let me say a couple things? No, One, you're not allowed to speak anymore, man. There's <laughs> <laughs> the sixth layer of dirt. He's dead. Yeah, that's, that's the last foot of dirt. Um, one, I don't. I don't disagree with any any word that anyone has said uh, thus far, with the exception of the fact that I was scapegoating the front or I sorry, I made I purported that the front office was scapegoating um, Fizdale with the fight. I really don't think I did that. Um, maybe the I, tenor. You, you, of were, it, you were kind of like it wasn't I, I wouldn't I, you weren't saying they were scapegoating, but you were like kind of insinuating that the reason like. The only reason he's getting fired is because the Knicks had like it, it was kind of like dismissing the validity for firing Fizdale. Oh, that okay. no, so that makes sense. And I think where where the where the lines got crossed there is um, not that I'm dismissing the validity of the firing because um, I acknowledge again I I agree with everything and just to speak to a couple of specific points um, like. You could have pointed to the defense maybe at one point this year as something he was doing well, um, but that bore out over time as a not effective at all against good teams that made it a point to move the ball and shoot threes like as a as a matter of course. Um, B didn't get better; it got arguably worse, and C requires like an increase in effort and execution and like all the little things that make a defense work. And, um, which gets me to the, to the other point, which is like the last saving grace of anybody who was defending this man was before the Milwaukee game. And even like the Denver game was a bigger deal to me because it's like, okay, there's a, there's a slim chance that Milwaukee is like a once every couple of years, like really great team. Um, they were on their home floor. It just, I mean, it was like a buzzsaw. They were hitting everything from deep. Um, if the Knicks had come out, <laughs> if the Knicks had come out and like lost to Denver by two, I bet you I could have drank enough Kool-Aid to be like, hold on, guys. Wait, let's wait. Let's wait. It, maybe it's going to turn around. I probably could have convinced myself to do that. And then when they came out and they just clearly, um, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever can you I, want to say. Yeah, say, can, say what you're going to say, and then I'll can, finish my point. I just, I, I, I don't know. I actually didn't see anybody mention this, but can I reveal the exact moment when, like, I had already written that, you know, they should fire him, uh -huh. but can I tell you the exact moment when I was like, there's absolutely no hope for this guy? Um, it was during the Celtics game. So in the fourth it's quarter, one. right? The, 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 the most recent one. The more recent, okay. Yeah. So in the fourth quarter, you know, the Knicks are, you know, pissing away the lead. And, um, this is after he calls that in amazingly, incredibly stupid play. Oh, the one timeout just for Dotson. over five or yeah. just under five. I forget which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Dotson gets the ball stolen, whatever. They they lay it up. We turn it over. We we turn it over again. Or we didn't. We just we bricked the next possession. Then you know we fouled the Celtics. They split the free throws, and we have the ball. So we're coming back up. So this is the possession where um, 
Knox and DSJ like have a total mix up and you know DSJ just throws the ball out of bounds and they zoom in on Fizdale and you know like this is like a very stagnant possession nobody knew what the hell was going on and you know when you you would expect him to be like you know move the ball like something like that right and they zoom in on him and he goes stop being soft and I was just like all right this is that really what he did yeah yep that's exactly what he said and I was just like all right like if that's what he, if that is really what this man thinks is the problem with this Knicks team at the moment, I, I just don't know because, as, <laughs> I think of all the things I would say about this Knicks team, I wouldn't describe them as soft. That would not be my description of, really anything about them. Um, it has nothing to do with. <laughs> it, it had nothing to do with anything. There. I mean, it they're, was the, just... they're the leading offensive rebound team in the fucking league. You can't be that without with, uh, and be soft. Um, no, I could, look again. I. We I I'm we don't need to put any more nails in his coffin. It it's it's Can full. It, no, it's, it's no, there's no more room for more nails. The whole top uh, of the coffin. All right, let's nails. go to the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Jeremy think about, has some turn him over and nail the bottom. Yeah, I think Jeremy too. has more ammo in the chamber that I'd like. Yeah, to you know, I, one of the things that I thought was pretty hilarious uh, against in that Bucks game, called the timeout. Yeah. Knicks are down by what 33, 34, and he's laughing. <laughs> that was oh my god! And, and like, look, tweeted out that picture uh, here's the thing. today. I Oof. I don't know how much you guys watch baseball, but when the Yankees lost to the Astros, Araldis Chapman got absolutely destroyed for smiling because he was in such disbelief that he gave up a walk off home run for the Astros to go to the World Series. And I had no problem with it because it's it's like in those moments sometimes where you're just you're so flabbergasted at what happened that you kind of just like there's nothing I could do. And the ironic part is the Astros have been found, you know, they're likely to have cheated. Point is, you know, regardless, with with Fizz, it was the sort of thing where you're down, your team's down by 33, 34 points, and you're about to give a high five to Bobby Portis or a low five, whatever, and you just start smiling. And it was at that moment that I realized Fizzdale knows he's so fucked and he really doesn't care because (laughs) his time, like he's been on borrowed time since the two and eight start when they came out and shat on him. And I think at that moment, because that really was the precursor, it set everything in motion for him to be fired. Like, if, there, if there's one thing that happens before you get fired, it's people saying, hey, you're probably going to get fired, and here's the reason so, why. So and I think that, he just kind of was like, all right, you know what? If they fire me, fuck it. I've got three years left of a contract. Uh, you know, I'll land a job somewhere. Probably won't be a head coaching job because, like, as Bondi said, which was a very surprisingly well-written article, all of Bondi's warts and all, I really enjoyed it. He said, like, it's true. It's It's a death sentence to essentially be like, what? 21 and 83 in your two-year career and then also having everything that you dealt with in memphis and and the fact that you really don't get along with any europeans this is a very international league now to the point where just just trying to recruit stars based on superficial bullshit antics where you're a used car salesman (laughs) just has nothing to do hey now hey now i'm not going to hear anybody besmirch fizz's press conference game i i've got those presses were a thing of beauty for what? We they were well, awful. We what were, are you talking we, about? We weren't winning. We weren't winning. I'll never forget that one. That lineup wasn't winning. <laughs> that lineup, yeah, it wasn't winning. Like, I'm, I'm being obviously facetious, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy the amount of spin he was able to put I on. Didn't. Was, I didn't. I don't like being lied to, and I don't like being told something is completely different than it is. And not in terms of like just just embellishing the like point where style, did you? No, not, not from a personality standpoint. I like again, it, it felt very superficial. I don't I don't doubt that he cares, right? 
But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, his words are so empty that nothing seems to matter. And maybe the players want to rally around him because they don't want someone to lose his job. But it didn't seem like he was putting any of those guys in the right position to succeed. And if that's the case, then they're not going to be happy. And if they're not happy, they're not going to play competitive ball. And if they're not playing competitive ball, then he's putting them in a poor position to succeed in the first place. Like, like, again, I, as Drew will probably point out, I did not get to watch the Pacers game. But from what everything I followed, it seemed like the offense did not run through Randall. Is that correct? It it Uh, was it it ran through Randall. Right. But like not as as much. Yeah, it was it was clear that like, for example, like here's here's a really great example before the game. uh, Mike Miller stated that he wanted to get the team going downhill. Right. They wanted they they weren't so much worried about hitting threes as much as they wanted to get to the rim and get okay? into their possessions yeah. quicker, I think. was right. exactly right. And that's exactly what happened. By the and, way. and it's right. And it's and this here's the thing. This is this was always my issue with Fizz. Right. He said all the right things. Oh, we want it like he wanted to be a downhill team. Right. Like he wanted he said, oh, I like spreading the floor. I want to shoot threes. I want to play fast. But he did not have a, a single tactical, you know, instinct in him to achieve any of that or work towards that mike miller comes in without a fucking practice he's got them (laughs) running the offense way faster i even saw them they ran a little fake triangle thing where they pretended to want to post up for frank but it set up a side pnr for rj and mitch okay that that was like the i saw a bunch of two guard front stuff that we had not seen at all under fizz um randall was getting rebounds and immediately giving it to the guard Yep. Uh, it was it was just very obvious that like it's it's all the low hanging fruit that was out there that Fizz was like the starving man who refused to take the low hanging fruit because he was so obsessed with getting the right. right here. Top. I'm gonna let me pick up there because I think that's a perfect place. Um, and I he, his refusal and by the way I went back and watched all of Randall's possessions. There were only or his sorry. shot attempts. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He was actually not that bad. Uh, there were only two what I would call atrocious shot attempts. Another two to three, depending on your point of view, shot attempts where you're like, don't do that. Like, it's it's not good. And then the rest were either good shot attempts or just, like, offensive rebounds that he tried to go back up with and were blocked or, like, whatever. He it, Six for 18 was deceiving. I still don't like Randall. I, uh, the, I think, okay, let me try to tie this all together as succinctly as possible. I actually disagree with what um, you. I think it was was it Jeremy or I think you just agreed with it, um, Schwinn, about how Fizz kind of let go of the rope over the last week. I think Fizz let go of the rope um, on June thirtieth or whenever they realized that getting Kyrie and KD. And I think and here's what I mean by that: not to say that he came in and basically decided to tank the season. I think he's like, I'm going to coach my way. I'm not going to adjust the way that I coach. I'm going to I'm going to coach the way that I know how to coach, and um, these guys are going to adjust to that. He was stubborn to a fault. Um, I think more than anything, that's the reason he doesn't have a job today. And the re and I fully acknowledge every again everything you're saying. And to your point, Schwinn, about how I was making it on the emergency pod, like it was. I, I wasn't emphasizing his poor coaching enough. It's because I feel like the f- the fact like here's all I wanted 
and this all came to a head over the last whatever 48 hours. Here's all I wanted from as a Nick fan this summer. I wanted them to be a team that I understand they went all in for what they didn't get. And we could talk about how much the I don't honestly I don't even think the torn Achilles makes that much of a difference. Whatever. They had to go to a plan B, whether it was because of the Achilles or because the guy said no. They had to go to a plan B. All I wanted was to think that my team like went through like all of the prep that you would want them to go through to like formulate a real plan. And it was clear that by sending this fucking guy out there to coach this roster, it was doomed to failure from day one. That's, that's obviously on Fizz because he's the one doing the shitty coaching as we're all agreeing with. But I, 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 I'm, I can't help but focus some of the a, a good decent portion of the blame on the people who were complicit in sending this ship out into these waters this season. Does that make some sense? Yeah, look, like I I I totally hear you, but like th- here's my thing, okay? Like they hired a bad coach. Okay, that that's a hundred percent on them. Okay, for that, that for has- a specific purpose, and I still believe they hired him with the pure well, only. Reason being to try to get those guys, but anyway, and and neither. that's fine, and whatever, like th- that's stupid in its own way, right? That if that yeah. is actually true, then that is stupid and a terrible reason to pick a coach. And if anything, that is the number one reason why their jobs are on the line right now. So you know, kudos to them for fucking that up royally. Um, <laughs> here's it, like, but like, you know, my issue is we knew. The the most optimistic public, you know, expectation thing that we heard about the Knicks was the Z- Zach Lowe saying that he, uh, he heard that the Knicks thought they had a 35 win team potentially. OK, yep. so that that to me sounds more like the Knicks think that if a lot of things go right, they could win 35 games. Yeah. Um, and maybe like they think realistically they should be at least a 30 win team, even if that's optimistic. Let's say that's optimistic. OK, you cannot tell me that like. If the coach isn't doing anything to even like work towards such a, a goal, he's he's terrible. And like he wasn't. And he was. and and he he was having that he had this team playing at a 16 win pace, and they were awful. They were just like aesthetically terrible to watch, aesthetically awful at, at doing anything. And it's like at a certain point, you know, I really don't. I, it, we don't need to keep bringing up like if we're just talking about Fizdell being fired. I don't think it it needs to in that moment always have to come back like to the the front office's decision making and like this long term like this this big picture view stuff and like this but, very, like like it to me it's the fact that Fizdale got fired is it's it's it, the roster isn't really relevant to it because you could give the guy an elite roster and I guarantee you he'd still have it underperforming because he's that shitty of a coach like if he had Kyrie if he had Kyrie and and KD you know what we'd be doing the same shit except better because Kyrie is a sick isolation player that's it that's that'd be the only difference hell we might even like it would actually be hilarious to watch him have Kyrie bring the ball up and swing it to Julius Randle to clear out to the corner half the time like but like, you know like I I just don't know oh, I, I think I the roster the roster does matter to an extent but the one thing I disagree with John is it's I don't think he was doomed for failure, as you said, I think he was doomed for mediocrity and right. he turned a mediocre situation into one that is just so abhorrent that the Knicks were the worst team in the entire league. Like, so he yeah, got- he, he, again, he, I tweeted this. 
he was given lemons, and instead of making lemonade, he ate them whole. Because of the fact that he did nothing... That's exactly what he did. He did nothing to inspire. He did nothing to work with these players. And it just feels like all... You know, the guys like Pop, right? When he openly admitted he really didn't watch much of the Knicks and Fizz, and then he's sticking up for a fellow coach. I get it, and yet... The Carlisle line was better. The Carlisle line about was it? I feel like I feel like if a coach really he had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with any of this. Of course, but if if a coach really wanted to show backbone, (laughs) yeah. But if a coach really wanted to show that Fizdale was was wrongfully fired, they should explain it in very easy terms, or at least go into more depth, right? And say like this is the reason why. It's just like chalking it up to LOL Knicks, or you know. They're just Nick's going to Nick something in that situation where you got to do something where it shows you're not just sticking up for a fellow head coach or ex head coach and that you actually know what's going on in New York and know why it's failing and understand that he is a significant role as to why that's the case. Like the way I think, well, hold on. They're probably not even asking those questions. And by they, I mean, NBA media. Schwinn, you kind of mentioned the idea of why, why is everything going back to these large scale, kind of like these broad scale philosophical, it always goes back to the front office. That's only happening because most NBA writers are lazy and they don't really want to write anything that's actually insightful. They just want the easy scoop to get the most clicks. Do you think like Howard well, they Beck also probably don't watch had team. Hit, Well, yeah, they don't watch the team. You think Howard Beck's article, like he had that and like he probably just republished that like five different times. Like he didn't oh, yeah. be like, oh, great. That's an easy thing for me. I'll just republish an old article. Here, here. These people don't want to put in work. They don't want to ask the coaches these type of questions. Like it's it's a whole – it's yeah. a whole scam. And you can you, find an anonymous source to frame your entire narrative. You can go to one source and it tells you a completely different thing and then go to one that you know will fit your argument perfectly. And that will be the case. And I feel like that's always the case with Howard Beck article and, and others, I'm sure, too. You know? Hell, you could hell, you could even make up an anonymous, anonymous yeah. source. Um, so yeah. I, Frank Isola. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the thing about, like, okay, so I get, like, Ha ha ha, LOL Knicks, I can't believe they fired this guy. There's never actually an argument to like what Fizz is doing well. So that's why it's stupid that yep, they're no, fired. Cause, never that. Cause you'd ha- that such a thing doesn't exist. He there was I, 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 I can't I don't I can't overstate this enough. There's nothing I, I like there is nothing he did well other than other than and this is where things don't get complicated because it's this is not <laughs> this is your job if you're a motivational speaker it's not your job if you're your sole job if you're a head coach other than making the players feel like he had their back and it was a fa- and you know all the quotes that we heard like he he cared about us as people and this was a family and this and that and if there was actual coaching acumen to go with all of that um we you know that would be a very different story what i was holding on to for all of last year and for most of the beginning of this year up until those the last few games is that there was like last year didn't count because the Ross like he was it was throwing shit against the wall and I was choosing not to see the signs because I'm like well who knows why he's doing these things and then this season I was just kind of hoping like okay um it's gonna get better it's going to get better. Like it, it, it has to get better. It can't be, he can't be this obtuse. He can't be this bad. He can't be this, you know, like misdiagnosant of what, um, this team needs to be doing to look better. And by the way, for the young players to get the type of experience, which a couple of you have touched on, but I think can't go overstated is, and, uh, I think Schwinn, you were the first to say it. If the kids 
were being put in positions where if like they were doing better things, then it would it would like turn out better. But like they needed those reps. That would be one thing. That stuff wasn't happening at all. Like using like having Mitchell Robinson like be taken away from his role as a shot blocker and not putting him in situations where he could be a log threat for for instance. It's like it, it, it's asinine. Um, so, yeah. John, they were running Julius Randle isolations like 25,000 times a game. You actually thought it was going to get better at some point? Like, it was it, right thought, then and there. You so, just, you know, there's like no hope in what they were going to do because of just like what they were doing. Well, like, that's what why they were I was doing was the running, most inefficient office possible. That's why I was very curious to see Randle in the, in the Pacers game and how much his game specifically would change. And, and it did change almost did, significantly. No, it changed incredibly significantly, and people are going to focus on the final stat line. He was he was being used extremely differently, went back into some bad habits a couple times, like I pointed out, but by and large, he was being used in the way that he should have been used. And the fact that that happened after one game, now, is it, you know, and I, I hate to even go here, but, like, it, is, it, is that because of the coaching team? I mean, is it because yes. of the... It probably. Okay, then what would it be? I, I, okay, so I, if you're going to say it's not the coaching change, what would you suggest that it is? I They had the players-only meeting. I mean, who the fuck knows what went on in there? Was it like, hey, Julius, dickhead, um, stop. Like, stop. Just stop being... Stop, being, <laughs> stop everything you're doing. Um, I, and that's the other part of this for me is like, it's tough for me to disassociate uh, my assessment. I, I don't disagree with anything that's been said, but it's tough for me to disassociate anything this season from... And this is, this is and as you heard in the, in the emergency pod, this is why I, I talked about like Randall so much is because he was like the prize of the offseason... And I just like he's like the last he's the last guy they should have signed. And like we all, you know, um, so like I, I don't really agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I, I think that I think that Randall was a like it hasn't worked out. Right. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. Yeah, It's not working out. And but. And, and like that's fine. It, you just chalk out. I, I, I'll 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 say that I was wrong about that, that the front office should be held accountable for that. Whatever. That's fine. But I think the other issue I'm having with this is like. Yes, Randall. Randall is a clunky fit. Okay, for sure. That that is that was always a risk with him. But if you're not using him at all in a way that is conducive to like him potentially playing well, I just don't really know like how to properly evaluate that. And that is like what the biggest issue was with Fisdale is he was completely misusing. Like, yes, they the front office clearly signed a bunch of flawed players, like one dimensional players, whatever. You know, players with that are not complete players. Let's just say that. Sure. Um, but like, if you're not using the dimensions you have at all to like uh, to 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 the best of you know the best you can, you then I I, I just don't like we we couldn't even evaluate the roster properly. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, and like and you know here's the here's like the the one thing right uh, and this I've, I've wanted to bring this up but like Fizdale. See, he seems like a really nice guy. Okay, I've shit on him plenty, but like as an actual human being, as a man, whatever, he seems totally, you know, genuine. Yeah, ge- genuinely like a good dude. Which is other, other than in press yeah. conferences when right. he's spewing nonsense. Seems, seems like a really, really nice guy. Being friends with your your players—that's really not what coaching is actually at all. 
it's actually not coaching at all. It, yeah. It's if if the players just view you as a buddy, guess a what? Point. Guess what? They're probably not really going to listen to you, or it, it'll be very like it, you have friends. If your friends tell you, like you know what I mean, like you don't necessarily take what they say as that's a great com- point coming from a position of authority, right? Yeah, like, I don't like, listen to you about anything. Like, like, <laughs> like you know, people. Stop, stop with that. That, was, that. I didn't like that laugh. But I, oh, it was funny. I actually found that that was, that was a I find something genuinely funny laugh. I promise you. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't a genuine funny laugh. I completely sorry, Schwinn, but I just see Macri's fake laughing on this podcast. It's a real I laugh. Condone. I promise. I will, I swear I will not. I will not condone fake laughing on the posting and toasting <laughs> show. Only genuine laughter. I have different real laughs. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> I can, can I just say with the Randall thing real quick? Here's the thing. The reason I brought him up is because I, again, and maybe this speaks to just how poorly the the coaching job was here. I couldn't for the life of me fathom that how he was being used or how he how he wasn't, like, adjusting at all to ways that would, would have helped the team win was, like, something that was above Fizz's head in terms of just like again i don't like to make it so devious but like things that were promised to him when he signed here um and me and you know what you guys might be 100 percent right i i might just be making it yeah, way no, way too fucking complicated here here's the, i i just wanted to like like you know yeah everybody liked fizz but you have to like to me a coach has to have you have to respect respect but also like yeah. in some ways fear like pay, players have to like respect you and fear you to a certain extent that they like, you know, that what you're because without that, then a lot of your instructions, you know, it'll go over there. These guys, these guys have all been most of them have been, you know, they were stars all through their basketball lives until they got to the NBA. Right. Like you have to command a certain level of respect from them that they are willing to listen to you and work towards what you are telling them to actually take what you're saying on board. Mm-hmm. And like, like, you know, you players don't really need to like their coach, to be honest. They just, they need, to just need to them. know that the coach because... has their best interests at heart. And, exactly. and speaking, yeah. speaking as a teacher, um, and I know maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but I, I really don't think it is like they're like, like there are hard ass teachers who don't get anything from their kid, the students. And there are hard ass teachers who get everything from their students. And the difference is if the students believe that the teacher has their best interests at heart, teachers who come in and try to be friends with their students get fucking nothing. Yeah. Like, I mean, no, it's the some, same exact, it's exactly yeah. what coaching is. It's similar to teaching in that respect. Like sure. Fizz maybe has their best interests at heart, you know, off the court or anything along those lines. And they'll be there and he'll be there for them. But coaching and whether it's teaching it, it can't just be that it has to be a little more and for like professional athletes they want to be able to be put in the best position to succeed put up numbers make the most amount of money win the most amount of games and Fizdale just from looking at it from watching where we are that that wasn't the case and he just needed to go and just from one game I think Mike Miller <laughs> pretty much has it and I'm going to point to two specific plays too and it's with Julius Randle even though he didn't have zero he had zero blocks in the box score Julius Randle went and contested two shots and got two blocks that were called for fouls, you know, underneath by different players. When yep. have we ever seen Julius Randle attempt a block under Fisdale in the yep. first 20 games? I mean, per, like, pretty Mike fam- Miller already got him the block shots. So, per, like, I mean, pretty famously, like, this is what all it boils down. Like, all, all the stars in the Warriors, right? Curry, Clay, Draymond. You listen, you listen to them when they when 
Mark Jackson got fired or before he got fired when oh know, my god everything was apoplectic yeah everything was leaking out in the media during the middle of a fucking competitive playoff series that they were in um like they they were you know they they were to a man extremely loyal to him loved him those guys those stars on the team right I don't know if they love Steve Kerr I have no clue but I can tell you what they damn sure respect him and they are better for it are they not like I don't want a coach that like the players just love that's not I mean that's like the least important part of coaching to me right like Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls him and Chuck Noll fucking hated each other yeah they hated each other's guts. They, like on the record, you can find quotes about them just shitting on each other. Like you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson was highly successful coach in Dallas. He didn't get along with everybody, but guess what? They won Super Bowls. They respected him. But Bill Parcells, like I'm sorry, I'm just keep going to football. I think it's easier in football because it's like there's less bullshit. I mean, it's Rick Carlisle. How many of his guys love him? I would say like negative fifteen. <laughs> But he's yeah, won. A, he's won a championship. Yeah, he had a basketball too. Phil Jackson, like they didn't like Phil. Phil's always being passive aggressive and shit all the time. But they're like, he 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 knows what he's got our back though, and he knows he, that we. He, he won a championship with a guy he raked over the fucking coals in a book before. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So and, the idea. And, you know what? and Kobe, Kobe needed. Here's the thing. Kobe didn't even realize that he needed Phil until he experienced life without Phil. Yeah, and that yeah. included. And that included Phil shitting on him in a book. And guess what happened? Less than what was like a year and a half later, two years later or something. What happened? They went back and got Phil because they were like, okay, yeah, uh, maybe we, yeah, okay. And they, like, you know, I, I think this is this is a different time is the problem. You know, the you know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be an okay boomer type moment, right? But it's a sort of thing where I think fear is an important factor. You definitely need it to survive, but. A lot of those guys you mentioned, for example, Schwinn, they were back in the 80s, early 90s, and it's just – it's simply different. Like I think the most important thing is in a coach is recognizing that there's EQ and there's IQ, and it's very important to have both. It doesn't have to be an equal mix, but it has to be a good enough amount that you are confident and comfortable enough to work with your players. And I think with Fizz, his EQ skills were off the charts, but his IQ skills were shit. And I think if you look at a lot of other coaches and just kind of like – like Boylan, for example, right – it seems I, I don't watch enough of the Bulls to make a decision to, to make an accurate justification of, of what his IQ is. But I can tell you that his EQ from everything we're reading is is garbage, right? The fact that he's basically treating them like they're children. And I know that there's some concerns with um, uh, with what's his name in Cleveland. Oh, uh, well, the beeline thing's the, the a little beeline, different yeah, yeah, than but, the Chicago thing, because like if you right. watch the, I've, I've watched the Bulls play. A number of times um jim Boyd just sucks right that's just, it's just right. the bottom line. It's he just sucks thing. that he needs right. to be but that, that that's an iq standpoint as well you you need it to find some sort of balance when you i take- I, I agree and i wasn't just like i just used those examples totally. from the past to you know make but i think even if you look at now like yes i guess you know players maybe are need more of like a arm around the shoulder type of coach now than you know kick up the ass kind of coach but like even then there there you still have to be able to you know command respect and like that's ultimately what it all boils down to and if you don't command respect you know i don't i don't want to say that the players didn't respect fizz but like they also knew that fizz i mean fizz wouldn't hold them accountable 
right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, exactly. or like, or like he would only hold, hold, hold certain players accountable, but then he would also just do weird shit. Like, Oh, I'm going to hold Kevin Knox accountable for defense. So I'm going to DNP him to send a message, but also the next game, because my starting shooting guard isn't playing, I'm going to start Kevin Knox the two. Like, I don't know what message that sends. What the hell? Like, I mean, James was on the pod. That was such a bad look. Yeah, J- like, James what the f- I don't get that at all. I James, didn't get it. One bit. James Marcita was on the pod a few weeks ago, and he was like, I mean, he he brought up, he was just like, what do you think the players think when he does that shit? Right? Like, they know that Kevin Knox is not a two. And hell, probably, <laughs> like, they go out on the floor and they're like, oh, shit, Kevin's at the two? Like, damn, we're about to give, give up 58 threes tonight. Yeah. Like, it's just decisions like this constantly were being made. And to me, like, you know, if this is how he coached when every indication privately, publicly, unspoken, spoken was that he was coaching for his job. I mean, I, I don't need to see anymore, man, because it cannot get more desperate than that. If, if I'm ever going to find out what a coach truly is about, it's that. And we saw what he was about. Nothing. There was nothing, there was no substance to all of his hot air balloon nonsense. Like, there's no substance to it. And, like, I, I guess maybe we should transit, like, we should unfizzle a lot, but maybe we should transition to the front office because I, I don't, I want to make it clear that I don't think, like, quote unquote, they should get a pass, right? Like, no, they don't get a pass, but we, we need to have, like, you, what, they're not going to fire themselves, first of all, right? I also think it's like very rare that you make a significant front office change in the middle of a season. Um, yeah, I I can't remember one um, happening. I will say this, and I, I literally I literally just thought of this as you were saying this. What I wonder what the record this is it obviously an unanswerable question. I wonder what the record of this team would be if Mike Miller was the coach from uh, day one of training camp. And uh, he was the coach of the team all year because I my guess is that if they had and again this is impossible to know because there's so many a thousand different circumstances and 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 factors that go into this, but if like the team played all year like they played last night and and the the funny thing about last night was they actually got unlucky. Because the Pacers in the first half, like the the wonderful thing about the Knicks defense last night, and hopefully about the Knicks defense going forward, is that yeah, it'll give up the occasional three, and yeah, it'll give up the occasional um, stroll down the lane when like a pitch and pick and roll coverage like gets botched. But for the most part, it was designed to give up mid rangers, and the Pacers were just fucking hitting everything. So they actually got a little unlucky, um, aside from the fact that if they had scored one fucking basket in the last um, however many like minutes when they had, they finished the game, what was it like one for their last 14 or something? Yeah. Um, you know, they, they would have won. So I, I, to me, it's like, like as, as happy as we clearly are about the Pacers game, um, it, it could actually get better if they, if they put forth the same effort and play the same, st- the same way. I don't know. Is this, is this an eight? Is this a seven win team? Is this an eight win team? Um, and if that was their record, how much would the conversation be different about the moves that they made this summer? I think it's a really interesting question. I think everything changes. Like, I think the entire discussion is changed because no one would be because so many people knew that the team wasn't going to win or make the playoffs. I mean, not even the front office said that, despite what people like Jared Dubin assumes, even though he's still I'm still waiting for him to show me proof that the front office predicted the playoffs. But no one would no one would care. 
right? I would tell you, like, no one could, we'd sit here and be like, oh, they're doing things the way they should have been doing since day one. Like, that's what they did in that game. They used Julius Randle downhill. They didn't post him up mid-range ISO and say, go create when we clear out the floor for you. They had him at the top of the key and attacking. He even was setting screens as well. You know, they gave the ball to Frank and RJ and Alfred Payton and made them orchestrate the offense and everything was moving better. They were doing basic things, like even just basic things like running hammer action along the sideline to yep. start, start everything. Like, yeah. that's a good thing. And we would just be like, oh, they were playing the right way. They were hustling. They hustled so much. I've never seen this team hustle as much as they did in this game than any year, like any game under Fizz. So like they were hustling. Uh, Dallas were... games. But those okay, I mean, yeah, those, the... those were really like, there was a lot going on there. I'm not yeah, sure that's not Fizz coaching. That's just yeah. momentum from everything. That was like, yeah, that, but... those are like playoff. Like that. that's the kind of stakes that they were that's uh, true. facing. Okay. So, so yeah, I, I but I, you, know, you got to say those two games, obviously. They okay. Played. So fair enough. That's fine. But like, you just kind of saw how they played it. Just everything made sense. Like even like Julius Randall for playing like, yeah, he had like maybe like three or four shots. Or like, I don't want those. Every shot he took was fine. Every shot uh, RJ Barrett took was fine. Most of the shots Marcus Morris took were fine. Like, I, we what can we say about that game and be like, oh, we were mad at? Like, there really oh, was no, nothing. I, so, I was, okay, I, I yeah. will say this in the in the PNT Slack. I actually got into an argument at the end of the game with a few of the people in there. Give uh, you. give names, give names. Uh, stingy. Uh, so Jonathan Schulman and. Uh, Dallas Amico. Oh God! They fucking were, Dallas. They were. They were. Dallas. They were, I love they, you, Dallas. You're my boy, Blue. Uh, shut yeah. up, Macri. <laughs> I like Schwinn, you're guy. a goddamn snitch. You know that? That's fine. Uh, so Dude, they, 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 they were not happy about the closing lineup. Um, and I also saw people that were not happy about uh, Alfred closing the game. And to those people, I would really? like to say, shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, I would. Because, I would agree with that. Like, here's the thing, like. If if Frank if Frank was playing well if he was playing aggr- he wouldn't he didn't play bad but he if he was playing aggressively I guarantee he closes that game yesterday but he wasn't playing aggressively and like the, if it was Fizz coaching I would chop that up on Fizz because I'm like because we saw his offense right the guards mm-hmm. were totally like you know uh, basically devalued in the offense that was not the case yesterday um, all the guards had. A bunch of, you know, they had a lot of latitude to initiate call, pick and roll for themselves. We saw it a bunch. RJ did it a bunch. Alfred did it a bunch. Hell, Frank even did it a couple of times and got assists both times he did call for it. Mm-hmm. But you have to consistently call for it. Frank cannot come up the floor and dish the ball to Julius Randall yep. and then go set a screen for somebody and be fucking good soldier. Like, no, that's you cannot do that all the time. You got to take responsibility on the court. And I think. When I the thing is watching that game yesterday, I feel like that was a good way to send that message to Frank I because agree. because he wasn't doing that. And here's Dennis Smith was Dennis Smith was shitting in his pants yesterday, and he he barely played. Like he 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 got pulled real quick. The, the best moment of the, the best moment of the game was when they came out of the um first between first and second quarter break, and Peyton was in there for DSJ. It's like. We've been dancing around all of the decisions that Fizz has made over the 100 and uh, whatever games that he's been here and being like, well, and look, I've I've defended him for many of these. Yeah, we know. Like, well, it's he's trying to get account. He's trying to build accountability. He's trying to, you know, this the, the, clearly. And it's like. It, it again. It doesn't have to be that fucking complicated. Dennis Smith Jr. comes in, looks like absolute 
fucking turd in the punch bowl for his whatever he was in for five, four or five minutes, guess what? He gets taken out of the game right. as a message to be like, hey, you suck. We're going to put right tonight. You suck. We're going to put in the guy who maybe doesn't suck as much. And yeah. uh, sure enough, he, he didn't. Well, I'll tell you I, what, I thought, if Fizdale is not, not the coach going into the second year, then you don't have Keith Smart working with Dennis Smith Jr. And if you don't have Keith Smart working with Dennis Smith Big Jr., loss. you likely don't see a worse version of Dennis Smith Jr. than you see that is, now. That is very true. Uh, and so, so, yeah. another thing like, in terms in terms of like the, the pace, as you were saying, Drew, I, I wonder, though, is it the sort of thing where is the team – doing it because Miller is is like that kind of energy is there because Miller's incorporating it or is it because th- that's the like we just lost our coach we have to play with some sense of urgency coaching bump that that occurs that's why and I think I'm curious we'll see, to see what they do we'll on the see West. it over time yeah okay you know, we'll see, okay we'll, we'll see it over time but there are still fundamental basic changes totally. that they did to the offense and the defense that it's kind of hard just to just it's probably a little of column B, a little column B I think, I think right, it's exactly. a lot of column A and maybe some of column here's B. the thing if you if you have logical schemes on both ends both ends both ends of the floor guys play harder yeah yeah that's yeah. that's how that works um so like maybe they're not gonna put in like the fucking game seven of the NBA finals kind of effort they were putting in last night every night. But they're also probably much more unlikely to give you a 40-point beatdown by halftime type of performance they were putting in for Fizz in the end. So, uh, you know, uh, it is it is what it is. Um, I, I think, look, the, the one thing I will say is, so yeah, like, I mean, like, so going back to this, like, I saw people... Uh, saying that online and uh, like tweeting stuff like I can't believe Alfred's closed. It's like, look, y- you gotta realize what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and yes, would would I in an ideal world like Morris and Randall to not close the game together? Yes, of course I would. I would love to see a lineup where Morris plays the f- the closing lineup is Morris at the four and RJ at the three and Dotson at the two or something like that, right? So you have a bunch, you have enough shooting on the floor and you know whatever. Like we all get what what. That that would be the ideal, and hopefully at some point Mike Miller has the you know cojones to uh, to make that kind of call. And would not it would not have been the right move. At the, like this I team needs some stability right like at this point, and that would have been too. Uh, and and those guys played well last night. Like they yeah, they did they they object like I I Randall played you know whatever that's fine, but like the effort was there. He wasn't doing as much stupid shit. Still enough stupid shit that was annoying. Um, like they they were playing fine, they were giving good effort. They they basically deserved to be on the floor. I didn't. There was nobody that didn't play at the end of the game that I was like, man, that guy really deserved to close the game last night, right? Like I just didn't have that sense from anybody that didn't uh, close the game. So, and we got RJ and Mitch, who are the two guys. If you want that experience, anybody on the roster you want having that experience, it's those. It's two those guys. two exactly. So I don't know. I I thought it was overblown. Like yeah, sure, it'd be great if Frank closed, but like Payton's. Peyton was fine. Like you can't get mad at like Peyton was doing what you wanted like Frank to do the entire game. So yeah, like saw, I'm not going to get mad. I saw a that. great quote today uh, from Scott Brooks. So they, I don't know who the hell they played, but like basically he just didn't play Mo Wagner in the second half at all. And they asked him about it, and he said basically like I'm not here to just like give guys minutes. I am here to give guys minutes when they earn those minutes. And, like, that is basically what I thought Mike Miller did last night. I thought, every, like, he, he let the guys that earned their minutes close the game. If Frank earns his minutes next game, he'll close the game. Like, that's how it should work. And that 
to me, is a much better way of developing players. And like, here's the thing. Mike Miller has a pretty solid track record of development, right? We've seen this. So like, I have a lot more faith in his decision making which is shocking to say because I, you know, I'm not going to act like I was some Westchester Knicks aficionado, <laughs> but like uh, everything I've heard about him is positive. He won a coach of the year down the co- coach of the year down there. Um, he clearly got guys ready to come up and su- successfully, even like the guys like Burke and Kadeem, like, yes, Luke, uh, Luke Cornette, baby. Right. Yeah, even Dotson. Like, yes, none of these guys are world beaters, but you could tell when they got called up from Westchester that the moment wasn't too big for them and they had improved down there. Um, Of course, there were, like, duds like Isaiah Hicks, which I have no idea why he (laughs) stuck around as long as he did. But, like, for the most part, you would say that it seemed that Mike Miller had done his work. Um, So I'm good with that, and I'm, I'm good with what I saw from him yesterday. I have more faith in him developing talent and the decisions that he's making being geared towards that um so like i don't know uh, as far as you know i mean the knicks have handled the firing of Fizdale literally as stupidly as you could um which is par for the course honestly which right. we should which we should to which we should talk about because I, I i wonder how much i don't know if that has if that's intimately involved with the discussion of um like the what I was talking about earlier in the podcast about like how much forethought did or did not go into uh, like the the plan B they ended up going with this summer, but I get and and not to go back to it, but like that's that's why I was probably more than anything upset um, like with with them is it's just like it's stuff like this week and again I'm not even putting it on them. This is where, for me, it does become a larger conversation about the organization. And yes, like James Dolan, is it's like you see everything that happened. You see the way the firing happened and the way they went about it. Like I don't, like I don't know how we can fully disassociate all of that with the effect that Dolan has on the people that are working for him. Well, like uh, for one, for one, we know that. Like we can all, we all know that the Knicks under Dolan love doing the the Friday, the late Friday firings. I don't even care about that. Yeah. Okay, but okay, so what? Okay, so what's so what's the actual problem then with the way they handled the firing? Well, let's go through. This, actually, I, 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 I will say, like, I think the whole PR stuff is just stupid. Like, I don't particularly care that they didn't thank him or whatever, but like, there's no reason not to. And just like it's just just say it. Oh, yeah, thanks. Cool. But like, I mean, also the bigger takeaway I've had is that I think Perry, I think I think Dolan's done with Perry and, and Mills. I, that seems very obvious to me. From so the but I, and I, I think the going back to John's original point in terms of like what would happen if Fizdale weren't the head coach to begin the year. I'm I'm honestly thankful that he is. And we can't predict the future. But if Fizdale is the catalyst, this what four and 18 start uh, before Miller took over. If that's the catalyst behind systematic changes that just clean house, then I'm all for this season was a huge success. <laughs> no, I, really, agree. I agree. Just, I agree. It's, I agree. it's the sort of thing where yeah, and because this is perfect because Miller can absolutely develop the players without having to kind of like be on the side while Fizdale fucks things up. But yeah, j- just to transition into the, the PR issue, I think the, the largest complaint that I have is if the Knicks knew that they were going to do this ahead of time, why they didn't have a presser ready well before they did i get it 
Fizz probably turned around and hit up Woj and Ramona Shelburne and was like, yo, it finally happened. And then uh, Woj had, you know, in his tweets, drafts saved, especially the rudderless, gutless roster one. That was for sure saved in his drafts. But it, it's the sort of thing where then you go from that. And it feels in, like in the which Knicks he are, contradicted himself. Uh, yes. From, it just, yeah, because Woj sucks as well. Yes. Fuck Woj. The and biggest thing. The biggest issue I have is that it always feels like Nick's PR is playing from behind, never ahead. But it's always we, like someone else does something and the Knicks have to uh, react to it. And it's infuriating. Can I ask a question? You're firing the coach, by the way. Like, how do you not get ahead of that? Can I, t- can <laughs> I just. And if you know that you're going to have said coach run practice, so the new coach has no opportunity to do that before your game the next day. And then you're dapping him up. You've got Kenyon Martin in the building. All good vibes, except for the fact that you lost by 36 to the Nuggets the night before. Other and then that. and then you just like have this lackadaisical attitude. Where it's like, yeah, you know, w- he was fired, but we're not going to confirm it until later on because then once the press release is there, it's, it's official. And then you wait until Sunday night to thank him. And sure, if you want to thank him, that's great. Like, I agree, Schwinn. It should have just been done beforehand. It's a small, kind gesture. It goes a long way. But then what's so embarrassing to me is that they they released – the Knicks, uh, thank you, which is four lines long. Fine, whatever. But then they include it with David Fisdale's thank you, and he, he fucking thanks the vendors of yeah. the Madison Square Garden. Like that just goes to show the type of person he is versus the type of stance the Knicks take PR wise, and it, the comparison between the two just makes the Knicks look so bad for but, a situation that didn't have to be this bad to begin with. So Drew, if you, if Drew, you, what were you gonna say? I, I, I know Drew wants to chime in badly yeah, here because like. Sorry. Why do you guys care? I I can answer that. Very <laughs> like, why do you care? I can I, you say you your point, then I'll respond. I couldn't care less about dumbass PR stuff. Like, I just fundamentally don't care about that. Like, you know what David Fisdale did? He threw out Dennis Smith when he was injured in dealing with his stepmother's issue that his stepmother passed away a few days, and then he made the, the garden. Boo him. So you know what? David Fitzgerald well, can go fuck himself. Stress. I don't give I mean, a fuck about if he gets a thank you and a PR lesson. Like, please. Like, you know who cares but, about PR? PR places like Howard Beck, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Stephen A. Smith, all the fucking talking heads. Who gives a shit? Like, so, fucking spare me, you when you, If you're in a moment of crisis, you need something to kind of get you out of your headspace. And I think that it was compounded by the fact that DSJ wasn't playing well. And yeah, he, I mean, he didn't make the fans boo him. I think he brought him in at the wrong time. No, he sure. No, no, no. He didn't, he, he didn't make, I mean, Dennis Jr. Dennis Jr. played like shit. And I get it. The he fact that he put him also, back out there that game, I was in the building that game. He I don't did, disagree. That was, was a criminal that he put him back out there. Exactly. He should have been arrested. I totally get it. But at the same time, I understand why he played him in the first. Not the second time, well, I agree. There's no excuse. There's zero no, David, excuse. David, there's, there's David, no excuse to play him in the first place. Play him. You can play him in the first place. Is bring, I'm, I'm saying bring him back out when he was Bracken already back, so back, out of his headspace. That was a Drew, problem. Drew, I, I think this is – I actually agree with you. I don't give a shit about any of this PR thing. But here's the problem. 